0: Our text number is 2101. Uh, that's the number Andrew used to get a hold of us yesterday. He said, see, has anyone else noticed the lack of cicadas in the daytime? And also the crickets at night? I'm in Auckland. It's midsummer. It's close to 30 degrees, but no summer chorus. Do any of your experts know why? Or is this just normal for January? Well, in case you haven't heard it for a while, this is the sound that Andrew's talking about. Yes, the iconic New Zealand cicada chorus. Well, we asked around the office, and actually, Andrew's not the only one who's noticed a distinct lack of these noisy critters during the daytime and the crickets at night. So, where have they gone? There's only one man to talk to, to talk to, to turn to, and that's the Bug Man, Root Kleinpast. Hi, Root.
1: Hello there, Jesse. How are you going in 2024?
0: Oh, very good. And I love talking to you. I love anything we have to do with you, Rude. And um, thank you for taking our call on this one. Is Andrew right? Are there fewer cicadas and crickets around?
1: At this stage, I think so. Because although I've been a couple of days on holiday, when I came back here on the Port Hills, I think the first... Uh, cicadas I've heard were probably three or four days ago. That was it. There was one or two. That's it. There's nobody else home at the moment. Nothing happening. And to be quite honest, that doesn't surprise me sometimes, you know. I mean, I have to go through my diary five years ago to find out why. And five years ago, I wrote there weren't many cicadas that year either. And I thought that was quite interesting.
0: Yeah. First of all, I can't believe you write in your diary about how many cicadas you hear. But secondly, what is the significance of uh, of that five year period?
1: I write everything down, Jesse. Mm-hmm. I tell you about the significance, so. And you're absolutely right because cicada, especially the chorus and clapping, are usually going three or five years in terms of the length of their life cycle. So from egg to egg, or from baby to baby, you know, from larva to larva, five years is a normal time for these things. Which means that if five years ago there weren't very, many parents. This year, there won't, won't still be many, uh, if you like, juveniles that can come out of the ground. So it's quite often, it's it's the same as what happens in America with the 17-year cicada and the 13-year cicada and, and the 11-year cicada and all that sort of stuff. They come in waves, and those waves are pretty, how do you call it, determined by the calendar.
0: Uh-huh. Mm. Um, you mentioned a couple of different species. Then not everyone will realise that there are more than one species of cicada. There is more than one species of cicada in New Zealand.
1: Oh, we've got forty plus species here. Forty four zero. Not fourteen. There you go. So yeah, and some of them live in the in the mountains, you know, way up high in in, in, in on the hills. Uh, some are in lower areas, and some have got a, a, a three-year life cycle. Some have got a one-year life cycle. Some a five-year life cycle, etc. So they all have a different sort of timing and the time and and sometimes also a host plant so the feed the babies feed on the on the roots of trees and shrubs and plants and grasses and uh, and all these things have got their own if you like job to do in nature their own ecosystem service so yeah we got heaps here
0: okay um By the way, getting people from around the country reporting on their own experiences, sounds like loads in the Marlborough Sounds at the moment. Thank you to the many people who've got in touch on that one. Yep. And plenty in Tauranga as well. Um, Good. So so you're telling us no reason to worry about the lack of cicadas, although there'll be some things that people are reporting, like a lack of moths, that might be an indication of something a bit more sinister. Moths is a
1: different gig again, although I catch many moths at the moment when I put my blue light on to catch you know Pray for my spiders that I've got in my garage. Um, (laughs) Sorry, that's another weird thing. I shouldn't have told you these things. I know, and it was dumb. (laughs) Anyway, so I've got plenty of moths and plenty of beetles and all sorts of grass grub at the moment flying around. That's no problem at all. Um, And the other thing that you might not find, because I can't gauge that here in Canterbury, is that your black field cricket appears to be low in numbers this year as well. Is that true?
0: Yeah, but that was one of the things Andrew was mentioning. He put the two in, in the same sort of category. And you know, uh, uh, is what you said about cicadas, um, can you say the same thing about cricket? It's just a, a kind of a cyclical thing.
1: No, you know it's not because crickets have got one year life cycle. They they basically get out of the eggs in October, November, they go and at night eat the grass in the paddocks and in the lawns. And then by the time they are say January, they become adults and they start making these mating calls that turr, 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 sort of noise. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So and they do that once a year. So there's no cycle of three or five years.
0: Okay, so that you might be worried about uh, fewer crickets if indeed that's what's happening.
1: No, I'm not worried at all because these crickets are not New Zealand natives. They oh. were uh, introduced, and they're actually not. They're actually pests for farmers that grow grass. Oh yes, ten crickets per square meter is the amount of one stock unit in terms of how much grasses they eat. It's amazing,
0: eh? Yeah, gosh. Um,
1: yeah.
0: Okay, let's um, talk about <laughs> something else, Rude. Can I talk to you, you about didn't my...
1: expect that, did you?
0: <laughs> can I talk to you about my favourite critter moment of the summer? Go. Dad, Dad, come and look at this. So I came and looked in the kitchen, floor of the kitchen, and found a giant New Zealand centipede. What a beautiful <gasps> creature that is.
1: Oh, wow. Well, yes, but if you ask me, is there any invertebrate that you are not too keen on? <laughs> I, can say, I can say mosquitoes, of course, but I won't. I'll say that centipede. I got bitten once by a centipede in Auckland. Did you? I was paralyzed for two and a half hours on Come my on. right hand. Really? No. Oh, no. They have no sense of humor, these guys. Yeah. They are incredibly aggressive when you grab them. Don't touch them.
0: Gee, I would have been more careful scooping it up and putting it outside (laughs) if I'd known. You don't think of um, New Zealand critters as having that strong a bite, do you? Oh,
1: but that one is absolutely... I saw through its head capsule its sobrero pump, which is in its brains, pumping the venom into my hand. Ooh. At the same time, the two mandibles were crossing over inside my skin of my hand, and I couldn't get it off. I couldn't get it out.
0: Beautiful, though. You must admit they're beautiful, particularly the way they move.
1: I love them. And here's something else, Jesse. There's some totally Different uh, scientific thing. These guys um, and girls, when they have got, if you like, babies, or when she's having a lot of babies in a rotting log, she looks after her eggs uh, by licking every egg. So every twenty to thirty minutes, and clean them of bacteria and and fungi and all that sort of stuff. If you would disturb her, she would drop the eggs, run away, and never come back again. And those eggs will be rotten within an hour. Uh-huh.
0: Wow, so it really is high-maintenance motherhood, eh?
1: Yeah, but is there anybody in New Zealand that ever thought of finding out what is in the saliva of the centipedes that makes them uh, antifungal, Mm. antibacterial, and antimicrobial? I mean, we could have something really cool here in our biodiversity.
0: Well, perhaps that bite that you got has turned you superhuman and given you massive antibacterial properties (laughs) like a superhero origin story. Thank you. (laughs) Linda's listening. She says, awesome. Someone else who keeps spiders. I've got a fully grown female tunnel web as a pet.
1: Uh, she probably means funnel web. Oh, tunnel web, you're right, of course. Uh, yeah, I've got a couple of tunnel webs, but I've also got some really cool um, other spiders that are usually the ones that do the biting when the whitetail is uh, accused of doing it. Oh. This is called the vagrant spider. That is the one that's probably one of your commonest spiders in your garden, and that's the one that does the same damage that we always ascribe two whitetail bites. Is that but we right? have no evidence
0: of whitetails doing it, by the way. Yeah, I, know. I tell my wife this every time. She, she's <laughs> obsessed with white tails, and her mother's obsessed with white tails. and I say, look, all the research shows that whitetails are not as bad as people think. No, yeah. I can't get her to believe it. But I have come across those vagrant spiders. In fact, they were a critter of the week uh, just a couple of months ago, and they're, they're beautiful in their, own, in their own way. Hey, what's the best thing yeah. you can do for the, uh, the bugs in your life, Rude, the bugs
1: on your property? biodiversity put as many plants native plants as you can in your garden and also plants that give you flowers so that all the native pollinators come out during the day and at night and pollinate all these native plants but not only that they are food for all our native birds that are in your garden at the same time so literally everything starts with those lowly creatures that people love to hate sometimes
0: Good stuff. Nice to talk to you. Always great to talk to you. Thank you. Good to talk to you too. See you soon. Rude Klein passed on the apparent lack of cicadas, um, but he's not worried about the crickets because he reckons they're a pest anyway.